Okay, welcome to American Aries podcast, season number two, episode four. We are back. Um, we had you know a bit of a, uh, a delay getting back on the air for a variety of reasons. A couple of our founding members have had some um, extenuating circumstances in their lives, and it just didn't work um, for it. Jeff had uh, something going on with his family, and Jeff can tell you about that if he wants to. And Mark uh, Foster, the founder of the American Aries, um, his wife had some pretty serious medical issues, and Mark had some issues of his own. So um, luckily, I, I haven't had anything that horrible. I did have an uncle die on me, but it was, you know, a, a long-term sort of a thing. So we're back, and we have a special guest. So we decided we're going to come back with a little bit of a, a bang here, and uh, so let's see. Let's get this name. It's JB Mesagas. Is that right? Did I get it? That is. You're you're building me up pretty big right off the go, though. I don't know how special of a guest I am. <laughs> Everybody who's a guest is a special guest. I love okay. it. Everyone's a guest is special is a special guest. You know, some are you know last longer than than others on on the pod. You know, as um, we were saying beforehand, we've reached out to. A, a lot of people, and uh, we had uh, a Jonathan Tompkinson's both parents on separately, you know, which was, you know, uh, kind of interesting. And his, his mom, she's so much more than a soccer mom. She really understands how to uh, be the mother of an athlete and what goes into it. She really was very, very um, well versed in what to do and what was best for her kids. She's not like, yeah, go JT. I mean, she really had a tremendous understanding of how things worked and what he needed to do and where he needed to go in his development. So I was extremely impressed with her. She's a soccer mom does not even begin to, you know, describe her. She's a mom of a soccer player. Soccer mom doesn't even. All right. So we have a uh, agenda here. So we'll, we'll go through for JB. So I got the last name. What does the JB stand for? Uh, Jonathan Bill. So uh, named for, for my dad and my grandfather and my, my parents that from day one, it, it was going to be JB. So yeah. that's cool. Uh, where are you from? I think that's a lots of places, right? Yeah, no, I, I grew up as a, as a military brat. My dad was in the Air Force. So that was that was neat. Um, and that we got to live in a lot of different places throughout the United States. Um, I would say primarily the West Coast, the North, the Northwest is where we, we spend a lot of time. I've never actually been there. I had a one chance when I was working for a, a previous employer. I still work for federal government, but different agency. There was a conference that was happening in Portland and I just didn't, I couldn't do it. Um, the, the timing just didn't allow me. So someone else had to go. So that was like the only chance I really had to go, but I have not been there. It's basically the only part of the country other than Alaska and Hawaii that I've never really set foot in, Yeah, you know, the Pacific Northwest and like, um, you know, the Montana Dakotas and, and stuff and stuff like that. So that whole part of like, you know, the, the, the upper Midwest and the, you know, the, the Northwest I've yet to visit there so that's you know on a future plan you got to do it you got to make the trip yep like to 
So I noticed that you said you were visiting um, your wife's like relatives in England. Is that true? So where, where is your wife from? Uh, so my wife was born in Barnsley. Um, and then her parents uh, immigrated, moved to the U.S. Uh, about two months later. Uh, so she didn't get to live in the U.K. very long. Um, but all of her you know, relatives and family members are still in, in England, kind of spread out uh, across uh, Eastern and Northern England. Uh, so we, we still have a lot of roots there and it's a lot of fun to be able to go back and, and uh, explore the, the country with, you know, I mean, they're locals, you know, they're, they're family mm -hmm. and they're locals. So getting a, a much different perspective than the typical tourist sites and, and whatnot, we get off the beaten path a little bit. Sure. Interesting. It's Barnsley and what League One, League Two? Where are they now? I don't know. You know, I'm I'm not sure. My so my wife is not a a supporter of of anything really. She's she's I mean maybe the Packers because uh, she grew up in Wisconsin. I'll okay. give that. But uh, uh, really outside of that, I think the only time I ever heard her cheer for Barnsley was when they were playing Norwich at one point in the championship, and that was just because she was born there. <laughs> ah, ah, you, you gave her like a death stare. Like what's up with that? What's going on? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what's going on? Um, so what do you do as a career? Where'd you go to school degree, et cetera? Yeah. So I, I'm an administrator, uh, particularly healthcare administration. Uh, my background, I, I got a management degree from Embry-Riddle Aeronautical University and then followed up with a uh, MBA from Whitworth University up in Spokane, Washington. Now, the first one, is that in Florida? So I actually went through the worldwide campus. So oh. Embry-Riddle has, uh, they have the Florida campus, Daytona mm -hmm. Beach, and then they have the Prescott, and then uh, that's in Arizona, uh, that campus. And then they have a worldwide campus. So they do um, remote locations, sites, mm -hmm. Um, tailored towards different industries or um, the military. Uh, and um, the lucky me, my dad worked for the university. So that helped out. Ah, there you go. And all that good stuff as well. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I mean, I'm a grad at University of Maryland and Johns Hopkins. University of Maryland has the global campus. It used to be the University of Maryland, like school continuing studies. Now it's the global campus, you know, and they have locations around the world and then allowing people to take, you know, um, advance your education through whatever works for that, you know, so that, that's kind of cool. It, it's neat that you mentioned that I actually uh, recently helped somebody get into um, my career field. And uh, one of the things that was a deciding factor is they were completing um, through the uh, University of Maryland, their, mm -hmm. uh, their, uh, univer their uh, healthcare mm -hmm. studies, master's in healthcare administration. Uh, so it, it's interesting you mentioned that because I, I am familiar with the program. Yeah, for sure. Good, good. Yeah, and, and, and Jeff's listening. I, I want to post that I'm I'm actually friends with the president of the University of Maryland. I've known him for a while. So people are like you call him by the first name. Yeah, that's how I know him by his first name, as opposed to the previous president. I called him, you know, Doctor Lowe's L O W. Like you call him Daryl. That's how I know him. <laughs> you know, he calls me Ken. He doesn't say hi, Mr. Katz. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's, I'm going to ball with the, I'm going to board our, our local um, counties. I'm on the alumni board. So I do a lot of stuff. So yes, I'm, I'm more, more aware of what my school does now than I ever have been. Some of the things that <coughs> go on and variety of things here. 
Um, do you have any uh, small uh, Mizagesas running around your house? What's that now? Do you have any kids? Oh, yes. Uh, sorry. Um, yeah, uh, we actually had our, our first child, a little newborn here uh, back the day after Thanksgiving. So uh, Mazel tov to you. Yeah, thank you. So uh, she's, she's two months now and um, just growing strong. In fact, uh, I was making sure she got everything she needed before uh, before I jumped on the podcast. But it, we're, we're excited. We're, we're just loving being new parents. Enjoying uh, changing diapers? I got it down, you know, quick change, you know, got it, got it all figured out between the outfits and the, uh, uh. yeah, little girls have their bows and their, their little outfits even at mm -hmm. two months. So she, yeah. she actually just rolled over yesterday, her first time. There you go. There so you go. She, she's moving along. <laughs> mine are a bit older. They're both, uh, mine's 26 and then soon to be 21, which is perfect because I'm, um, organizing a, distillery tour of a small local distillery and my daughter can actually be in the building she's not going to take the tour you know but she could actually you know be there legally um because she's uh, turning a uh, 21 next week if i remember uh because he was born first and I, I remember hmm seems like um i'm getting peed on every time i change the diaper what do <laughs> i do so uh it was always a, a two diaper change you, you, it was like th three diapers involved dirty one to catch the you know fountain and then one for the you know so i learned after a while i'm like oh, come on this is ridiculous so I, thought, I tell everybody if you have a little boy make it a two diaper change this is what's gonna happen you will thank me you know just like yeah. just prepare prepare for this yep okay. yep well that's that's fantastic yeah because uh jeff has i believe two jeff can come on and correct me and i know mark foster um has is guys two or three god i forget he'll, he'll hate me for that but i know it's two possibly three i, I, I keep reading to, to chime in so and then ryan up in new york his kid is now like a little more than a year mm. but <laughs> easy hold on <laughs> That's better. I didn't want to cough all over the pod. <laughs> no, it's it's all good. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's exciting being a new parent, and even at two months, it feels like it's going by very quickly. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, my my wife would say I'm, I'm definitely an A plus personality. Uh, pretty, you know, go get them, hard charging. So it's it's. Uh, It'll be interesting, it, it, you know, as, as quick as two months has gone, it's like, wow, like in a couple of years, like kicking the ball around, you know, what kind of soccer dad am I going to be? You know, is she going to even want to play soccer? My wife keeps picking on me like she's going to want to play music and, and chess and have nothing to do with sports. And I'm like, I'm going to lose my mind. But uh, it, it's going to be great either way. Um, we're really excited. But uh, yeah. It, it, I hope I hope we got a, a lady canary there uh, for the future. <laughs> yeah, well, it seemed like almost virtually every kid around here played some sort of youth soccer or something. Yeah, my son did it for uh, one year, and he enjoyed the practice and stuff. But when it came to the game, it just 
wasn't a good fit for him, you know, and he, yeah. he played baseball was his sport, <clears throat> but new soccer is so, so prevalent around here. Everyone gets, it, it's, it, I'm stunned if someone doesn't play youth soccer, at least for, you know, one season around here, just because it's so many kids do it and they see their friends doing it. And it's like, okay. You don't have to be, you know, big or small, you know, whatever your every friend's physical um, type is accepted. So I just know it's <clears throat> it's pretty big and it's very organized here. Yeah. All right, let, let's switch on. Norwich fandom. How did you become a fan of of Norwich? So it, it, it's a fun. I think it's fun and interesting story. Sure. Uh, we uh, uh, so my wife and I got married in 2014. Her uh, her sister was going to be studying abroad and we decided as a family we would do christmas in the uk that year so everybody could be together and and see our uk family and i had always wanted to start following a english football club mm -hmm. and get involved um but i didn't have that kind of boots on the ground connection it was still difficult to kind of watch games and and i didn't want to just buy into you know the big six uh, the big six clubs. I felt like that was kind of um, easy. So uh, it, it was actually fascinating because we're flying over on Delta. It was a nonstop Seattle to Heathrow. And there was wow. actually an article in the um, the Delta magazine about America, you know, like how to become an English football fan. <laughs> oh, that's really interesting. It, yeah. It, total providence on that one. And uh, just like, these are the do's and don'ts. And like, once you commit to a club, like that's your club, like you can't, you know, it, it's not like I would say uh, bandwagon fans here in the US with the NFL, like, oh, well, you know, my team's out of the playoffs. I guess I'll cheer for that team now sort of thing. So mm -hmm. I, I went there in December of 2015 with the intent of, of leaving as a supporter of a club. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were actually staying in London at the time. The next day or two, we were going to be heading out to Norwich to visit some cousins of my my wife. And we're at the bar uh, in the hotel, and I'm looking up, and they have uh, Norwich is playing uh, Manchester United at Old Trafford, and they're winning 2-0. Two, two and uh, the oh, is that the match they they won on like a, a, a yeah a header, yeah so a header from um God a young player had a header. I, I don't even remember the details. I just huh? remember Norwich was on and I was like, huh, okay. I mean, I know Manchester United, like they, right. they're world famous, right? But like, who's this club that's that's up 2-0 on them, you mm -hmm. know, away? And and then we were headed out there. And um, we, we ended up taking, um, we drove out there to, to Norwich. We spent a couple days with her family there. And I just fell in love with the area. It really resonated with me. I know um, we had talked a little bit um, about the Northwest and, and kind of that part of the country. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of agriculture. There's a lot of, um, you know, rolling plains and fields and farmland. And as we were, you know, really seeing that region of the country and experiencing the, the city itself, it reminded me a lot of kind of the places I've grown up in as far as size and market mm -hmm. and also the connection, the community connection. And uh, what really stood out to me is we were staying with them and the, the fact that they could live in a, in a city and be able to walk their boys to go to Carroll Road to enjoy a match and walk home and, and have 
I, I feel that's something we've lost in American sports personally. Um, mm-hmm. and, and it may be different depending on market. Right. But if, if I want to go see a Seahawks game or a Mariners game in Seattle, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's a lot of effort. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of, you know, it, it's not, you know, what, what I feel Americans grew up with, say maybe, you know, decades ago where we're, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to go pick up a ticket and go see the Dodgers or something like that. Uh, so I, I, it really resonated to me um, what they had going on in Norwich and those community connections. And uh, yeah, I, I was so excited, went into the club shop and, um, you know, bought my scarf and I was actually meeting up with, uh, uh, I'm a Rotarian and I was meeting up with a local Rotary club to uh, exchange banners and, and goodwill mm-hmm. and friendship with them. And they were doing a, because it was December, they were doing a uh, hymn singing in Tumland. There's a little chapel there uh, outside of, of the castle and the, the cathedral. I've heard that um, word before, Tumland. So I've heard that. Yeah, it, it's, I, I couldn't, I, again, I've only been there the mm-hmm. one trip, but mm-hmm. uh, it's it's definitely an, a very old part of Norwich and, mm-hmm. and, it was it was great because I'm wearing my scarf and I come in and the 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 the, the priest the Anglican priest anybody wearing those colors in here is always welcome like come on in like you're one of us like we don't care you're an American if you're if you're an orange right. man you're 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 part of mm-hmm. us so that that's kind of my um, story as far as becoming a fan and and being really embraced by by that area. Mine is far more complex. So I, I, I've said it before. I'm not going to get into it, but in brief, I was, uh, my son decided, hey, he was going to follow Man City because of Balotelli. He's still a Man City fan. And uh, says, you know, I want to follow a team, but I don't want it to be one of the big boys. I want it to be an underdog. So I started like looking into the clubs, their history, their colors, their sponsorship, um, you know, try to figure out, okay, who would I be comfortable following uh, based on, on on all these things? And, you know, I had it narrowed down to, to Norwich and uh, uh, two other clubs. One is still in the Premier League, even though it went down and came back. The other one is now um, in a championship level. It's like, okay, I want a bit of an underdog. I want something, you know, that's out there. And at the time, Norwich had gotten a new kit sponsor, Araya, and they had this really funny um, hype video with uh, John Ruddy and Gold drinking tea, you know, wearing it. And it says, okay, and, yeah, I did a lot of research. And like, okay, this is who they're sponsored by. These are their colors. This is their history. <clears throat> you know, it says, okay. And so I just started following that. Then eventually just started connecting people through Twitter and Facebook and became, you know, friends with a variety of different people. But basically, like I wanted a sort of an underdog. Now, if you gave me the list of the Premier League teams and said, who would you follow um, without doing any research, it's Tottenham. I still follow Tottenham. Jeff gives me crap all the time because yeah. he knows that I actually, you know, also – I have Tottenham stuff and I root for Tottenham, you know, because Norwich are the yo-yo clubs. Oh, God, you know, and I didn't do it, before, but I was like, okay, I, I still follow. I still you know, cheer for them and, and stuff that's going on. But I'm doing the podcast for Norwich. I've been on the fan zone for Norwich. Okay. What, what, what's what's behind me? Yeah, that is, let's see. 
Make yeah. my, right there. That's uh, a poster of uh, 10 years of not losing the Ipswich, and those are the uh, goal scorers or something. Yeah. I forgot I forgot who did it. So that's like the only thing that I really have on display in here. That 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 That's Norwich. You know, I have a variety of other things. I have lots of Orioles, Orioles things. I have a couple Ravens things, Colts things, University of Maryland things that I have in there. So that's sort of my brief history, you know, of it. And every once off, I'm wearing stuff because I have a Norwich uh, jacket, like when Paul Lambert was there. Um, the the academy, they'll put you know stuff on auction and stuff like that. Oh, here you go. So you can buy get some you know interesting things. So I have like the uh, the, the rain jacket that they wore, you know that. And when I bought it, I thought it's gonna be insulated. It's not insulated, you know. It, it's but it's so I have that, you know, from that. So I'll wear that when it's a little, you know, core like in the fifties and sixties. And every once in a while, you know, because I work in D.C. When I go into work, people like look at the badge and go, "The heck is that?" <laughs> and I would say, a couple times a year, someone will go, "Oh, Norwich," you yeah. know, they they recognize it, you know, and give me a thumbs up and. um and X, Y, and Z. One time I was wearing it um, in an elevator at work, and a guy like, oh, you're fan of Norwich? Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, well, you know, I know all about that because, yeah, wow. my, my cousin my cousin, you know, is a uh, goalie for the U.S. team. Oh, really? You know? Yeah. Who's your cousin? Oh, Brad Guzan. So I was, you know, Brad Guzan was this guy's cousin. You know, I never yeah. saw him again. Then I'd see uh, there was this one guy who was uh, – I saw a guy wearing a Leighton Bain shirt. I'm like, who the heck is wearing a Leighton Bain shirt? <laughs> and then saw him again. He wound up, him and myself had daughters who are like in the same um, theater program at, in, in high school. So I saw him a lot and chatted with him a lot. I'm like, oh, you're the guy, you know, who with the Everton shirt. So I didn't know, you know, like, because yeah. I was like, who the heck's wearing a Leighton Bain shirt? You know, it was just like, yeah. You know, Big Everton fan. Yeah, so I'll but every once in a while someone will notice it and 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 recognize it. Uh, but most of the time, you know, not you know, if I'm doing that, you know, I I have the hat, I, you know, I have a the baseball hat. I notice they don't wear baseball hats over there. The, no. the fans just, just don't it's just not a thing. It's just even though they sell it's more like, oh, the Americans will buy this stuff. <laughs> every once in a while, you know, when T Tim Cruel, the last match had to go get a hat. I'm like, actually, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, I had one. You know, they called it a cap, of course, you know. Right. He, he was wearing it. But I was like, okay, you know, I have that. And so it's every once in a while, I do get recognized. And most of the time, people are like, I don't know what that is. It's some soccer team. I don't know what, the, you know, it's just like, it's yeah. not, it's it's not as recognizable as, you know, your your top six or, you know, your, your, your big international clubs. Everyone, you know, n n knows who it is. Well, I, I think that's, that's definitely true. I, I, it's funny you mentioned the club liquidating, uh, things. Uh, I have my own little tail on that. Uh, so my initials are JM and they, you can go on eBay and find all the, the kit stuff, like you said, and they must've had a, uh, a youth coach who had mm -hmm. the same initials. Oh yeah. So, uh, I was so excited. I was like, I am buying that right now. So I have my own Norwich like coaches shirt with my initials in the middle. And yeah. uh, I'm still, 
involved. I try to be as involved as possible. I, I moved to North Carolina right before the pandemic started. Uh, but before that, I was involved in a lot of youth coaching and mm-hmm. being around a lot of youth soccer. And I will always wear Norwich kit. So for fans or, you know, uh, people that know what they're looking at in youth soccer or around that, it was funny because there were a couple times people were like looking at me like, is somebody getting scouted? Like is like... <laughs> Right. No, I'm just a fan, but I'm on the sideline coaching or whatnot. And I, I think it's neat the popularity of English football in America, because uh, I would be in the mall somewhere, and and what I what I would find in public wearing Norwich kit in, in a you know relaxed like mall setting or mm-hmm. you know, out in the town, us uh, you know on on a big weekend in the Premier League or something like that, and I'm getting people running up to me excited wearing their Man U jersey or their, you know, uh, Leicester jersey or something, Mm -hmm. just because they appreciate the fact that there's another fan. Right. And also uh, they recognize Norwich being a, a big club, um, but also a lesser known club, I would say. So it's like, wow, you're like a unicorn. Where did you come from? (laughs) But, but also no one really hates Norwich except for Ipshit. No one yes. really hates Norwich. They're not a team. Oh, I hate those guys. So there's not like, you're no. Norwich. You know, it's not like you know Yankee and Red Sox fans giving each other the finger and stuff like that. To- totally agree. Yeah, yeah but I'll experience the same thing if I'm wearing it just just because. Yeah, you'll see people. Hey, you know, you're a fan of you know X, Y, and Z because it's. It's not as prevalent, you know, as yeah. here as, as everything else. And you, you see someone, you know, you're like, you know, like, hey, you know, you know, if it's if it's Lester, you know, or whatever. Everyone talks to each other, but Norwich isn't hated by anybody. Um, yeah, it's no. like, uh, and it, it, I get the sense that it's like a pre, they're pre, they appreciate, you know, what's going on. Oh, yeah, they're there, man. They, you know, they, you know, I know them, you know, and it, it, it's. Some other clubs, you know, like, yeah, whatever, you know, I don't like them or, or whatever. It, and they don't want to talk to them. So there's a lot with that um, going on. No, I, I think you're, you're right. I, and it's, I would say it's even true in, in the UK. So we went back in August of 2019. Um, we had a, a family member uh, pass away. So we were over and um, spending time with family. And, um, but at the same time, it was August 2019 and it was, we were the opening game against Liverpool. Oh God. And there's a lot, um, there's a lot of things and maybe this is me being extremely naive coming from, um, more rural communities. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not familiar with supporter pubs or this pub is for these supporters. This pub is a neutral pub, that kind of, of, of Mm -hmm. vibe. And, but I was really excited. You know, I don't know these things. I, you know, I've got my Norwich Jersey and I'm going to wear my Norwich scarf and we couldn't make it to the game because of where we were at, but there's a pub down the road and it was right near the train station. So it's more like the, uh, the happy hour pub. Mm-hmm. And I come in and it's a Friday, I think was when the game was on and I come yeah, in it was a Friday and the whole place just looks at me like I, 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 wouldn't try to use the English vernacular, but it's like, this guy is going to ruin everybody's evening now. 
Like, you don't belong here. What are you doing here? And I'm like trying to find us a seat. And we sit down and everybody's just like waiting for me to just be obnoxious or rude or whatever. And then it took him about five minutes. Like, wait a minute, this guy's a Yank, but he's wearing a Norwich kit. We don't see Yanks. So in one by one, I actually had people coming up to me like, okay, what's the deal? Right. But what was interesting. That uh, hey, May, what, what are we in Norwich for? This is a man you pour by. You know what he did yeah. here? But but the the fascinating thing was is once I started talking to people and they they you know heard the connection and, and heard mm-hmm. the why and like what was going on, we had people buying us drinks like oh I'm a Newcastle fan I totally get where you know this is before New, Newcastle has new ownership right right um, but um, really just embracing the fact that we we were American we were into the culture we were into what was going on and mm-hmm. and it ended up being a very memorable evening it, it was wonderful. Uh, but definitely eye-opening about um, it's just they follow sports differently than than we do. Uh, you mentioned like Red Sox Yankees. I can't imagine there being a Red Sox Yankees game where they're going to have a very small corralled section with surrounded by police officers and fences. Right, right. For, uh, that's that's all you get, Red Sox. Like right, right. there, and mm-hmm. we're going to monitor you as you leave because you're right. going to burn the place down. It's just not something. Um, not something at my age or my my yeah. generation in America. I've I've grown up with. You, you don't you don't get that in um in baseball, basket in, in in pro sports. You don't get it in college. You do um, college football. There is away fan sections. It's but it's not cordoned off. It's generally right. like. Here you go. You're in the end zone to the 10 yard line. That's where your seats are going to be. It's not cordoned off, but you know, those are, those are the seats that are set aside for them. And the same thing in college basketball. Um, they're like, you know, cause I've, I've attended so many Maryland games, the seats right behind the opposing bench are for them. And then the upper deck um, that like seats that are in line with the bench are for the, uh, the team we attended a, a UCLA Maryland UCLA game. UCLA just stomped them. It was bad. It was Maryland's only home loss at home, and there was a lot of UCLA fans who were there having a grand old time, you know, up there because there's specific colleges will do that because they want the visiting fans to sort of be together and you know have proximity, but. An NBA game, that's not that's not going to happen, you know, in, a, yeah. in pro sports, only in college. But it's also not you don't have security, you know, cordoning off the section. You right. know, like, hey, make sure these three rows and that, like Maryland played Nebraska yesterday in basketball and beat them fairly handily. You're not going to have, you, you know, University of Maryland security cordoning off that that section to make sure that the University of Maryland fans aren't yelling things at the Cornhusker fans because you're not going, you're not going to have that going on. And, and if they're interspersed, like I attended a game a while ago where I sat in the upper deck and there was a, a, a guy from Nebraska and we had a very nice conversation about what was yeah. happening with the program, what he thought was going on, how, you know what? And I was like, okay, like I didn't care. So, you know, it's my, my son's down there, you know, as a, a student again, and I'm up here, Like it's all interspersed, but you're right. You don't have it. Like, here's your away section. This is where you're going to be. We're going to cordon you off because you might 
you know, you fans might try to do something violent. The home fans, might, it's like, that's just lunacy. You, know, you just d- don't have that. I mean, it, I, when you look at the history, I, I totally understand where it comes from. And I, mm-hmm. I listen to all the uh, the podcasts I can from the supporters over there in the UK. And, and, and sadly, you still hear about instances where there's discrimination or violence and, and mm-hmm. just just stupid stuff. And, and I, I also, and I, I don't think we are, I, but I, I would also not say, I, I wouldn't want to give the impression that we're putting American fans on a pedestal. We definitely have our own issues or oh, yeah. people that have died, you know, in parking <laughs> garages after the game or, or leaving mm-hmm. the stadium. Um, but it, it's definitely not the same level of security response or, you know, honestly, from my perspective, I see it as a courtesy as, is an away fan and the, the hosting university is doing an away section. It's actually a courtesy mm-hmm. because they could totally disperse you. And right. so I was a season ticket holder for Boise state uh, football, you know, and I've gone to Gonzaga basketball games and it's not the, the blue turf. Oh yes. Yeah, absolutely. The blue turf. Yeah. Uh, and, um, it's not uncommon for people to sell their tickets for big games as a season ticket holder. So I'm, I'm routinely sitting next to somebody from BYU or Washington mm-hmm. state. Right. And it's very similar to what you described. We're mm-hmm. there to enjoy a game. You know, the, the game is, is very partisan one side or the other. We want our side right. to win, but mm-hmm. as far as on the stands it's very neutral. Um, so it, it's one of those nuances um, of the game that I think um I'm very excited to go see a game in person at Carroll Road. I haven't yet, um, but there's definitely some nuances that I, I feel I need to kind of prepare for yeah. before I go to a game. <laughs> I, I think Jeff has, Mark has, and I have yet to go. For, we were planning on doing it in 20. We, you know, we we're getting all our stuff yeah. together for um, passports, and then, eh, and then I haven't, you know, done yeah. it. That's we were going to do that like in August. Uh, because I figure, okay, in August they're not flipping around the uh, fixtures yet. <coughs> Weather will still be reasonable. It's not, you know, like you'll be able to. And it just didn't happen. So we were going to, you know, basically like uh, like a, a week trip, visit London for several days, and then I was going to, you know, go over and hopefully uh, meet up with uh, people and, you know, and whatever it just it didn't happen so there are some in the american aries group who have visited over there and we've we've chatted with them about their experiences and things like so anytime um guy who was on previously sean o'connor was over there very recently it was like a a concert event and then he took advantage so we have, have to you know see how it went but there's a few people who have gone over there and there's um a guy who's been on the pod um before um David, his name escapes me right now. He'll tell me. Um, he lives up in the Toronto area, and he's actually from Norwich. So he's like our resident Norwichian to talk about the whole experience and stuff like that. So we sort of have like a an insider or, or something like that. And he's really good. But he'll he'll hate me for forgetting his last name. Sorry, David. Um, oh, Lamb. There you go, David Lamb. Yeah, got it. And now he won't hate me. <laughs> he's so we we've had um, some people who have done that. Okay. So you didn't consider any of the teams. Um, you're, what what teams are you a fan of in any sport? You know, you mentioned you had Boise State season tickets. Yeah, no. So as far as um, American sports, I would say um, I, I do follow the, the U.S. men's national team. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I keep up with them. Uh, really the Seattle sports teams. Uh, I spent quite a bit of my life uh, in, in the Northwest and they're kind of the only, it, it's not like the Northeast where you have teams, you know, major league teams just down right. the road from each other. Um, so pretty much the Seattle sports scene, the Seahawks, the, the Mariners, um, yeah, Boise State football. Uh, I was living in Idaho. Uh, we moved there in 1998, and it was right, if you're a football fan, that was right when Dirk Cutter was taking over, um, and that was really the start of that program really being launched onto the national stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was really amazing to live through that, you know, being on the ground in Boise and and um, and and seeing that program explode and and get to meet some of those players uh, through all those eras. I remember watch, uh, the current head coach was a linebacker there. What my favorite linebacker there actually. Um, so it, it's neat to, uh, to have that kind of long-term connection with the mm-hmm. program. Um, Gonzaga basketball, we were living in Spokane for quite some time. So it's, it's fun to, um, um, have those connections with those, those names and places when you see them starting to get on the national stage and in, in bigger and in bigger ways. Um, mm-hmm. But that, those are, you know, and I, I do enjoy uh, motorsports, um, Formula One, NASCAR. In fact, um, I find it interesting, Michael Bailey, um, who, who does a lot mm-hmm. of coverage of the club, he actually has an F1 podcast and, and is uh, an F1 Really? He, he, does, has, yeah. he has promised to come on. I need to get back in touch with him. It's just um, the guys who cover uh, Norwich on a regular basis – it's very prescribed what they do. So fitting into their schedule becomes a, a little harder. And we've had yeah. um, Connor Southwell on, we had David freezer on while he was still officially covering the team. You know, he's yeah. still, you know, uh, with the paper, we had um, uh, David on, we haven't had Michael on yet. Oh God, who else? Are we? Yeah, so that was you know interesting. Um, you know, we still need to get a variety of other people um, on, you know, we had a uh, Stuart Hodge. He's Hodge now actually, his new job is covering F1. So uh, of all the sports, F1, the motorsports, like I've seen it. I'm just not a fan at this point. F1 seems like, okay, if you're not in the top five, then you have no chance of, you know, if you're not, you didn't qualify in the top five, you have no chance of winning as opposed to um, NASCAR. I'm not necessarily a fan of NASCAR by any sense, but, it seems like virtually anybody could win a NASCAR race. Um, you know, just yeah, to- it's, I, I started following motorsport uh, at a much younger age. Uh, I had some influence in my life. Um, I actually, so I, I went to elementary school in Alaska and um, they would be doing qualifying and practice around lunchtime, Alaska time. Uh, during the week. And I had uh, a teacher who was from mm-hmm. Florida, who was a huge NASCAR fan. And when it's 30 below outside, you're having recess indoors. Uh, mm-hmm. But his lunchtime was going to be watching NASCAR. So he would have it on a TV in the corner. And that was <laughs> kind of my initial Interesting. You know, exposure to this. Um, and it was, it would have been the, uh, the mid nineties, which I would say was a, really a golden era of, that know, was like the, the Jeff Gordon, you know, really yeah. exploded onto the scene. Yeah. The, I would agree that Jeff Gordon exploding onto the scene, um, really helped NASCAR become more of a national sport and allowed them yeah. to go into 
areas, not that weren't your, their traditional like SEC region. You know, right. Just, right. You know, so you have yeah. you, you have Vermont, you have like, you know, uh, Arizona tracks, you know, um, places that just you didn't think would um, have, you know, tracks. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. Um, it, it definitely was, I would say the nineties and the, the early two thousands was a huge, uh, swing as far as the, the sport really coming onto the national stage. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but, uh, it, I've, I've been trying to really get back into it, especially living in North Carolina. And it, it's been kind of hard really because, uh, oh, that's the hotbed. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I found it actually kind of hard really because i don't feel those i don't know it i feel the sport has just changed so much and and um i right now i really have gravitated more towards um norwich in particular when it mm-hmm. comes to my sports following um and really it's i i love <coughs> the kind of community that is around the club mm-hmm. i love the coverage that is around the club on one hand it's it is an international club. It is a big club, but when you're listening to the scrimmage and they're talking about the local community and local efforts and mm-hmm. mental health awareness and all these things right. that are going around, I think I, I think American sports are trying to get there. They've done a lot of efforts to get there, mm-hmm. but it's not as mature as what I see um, when I'm when I'm following the the sports scene over there in, in Norwich. And I don't know if that's just because of the the area if, if that's kind of the the community expectation i think that had something to do with dean smith's um you know lack of success there right. um because it it feels like you're part of something it feels like you're part of a family right uh, even though we're we're in the united states mm-hmm. we're still a you still feel that bond that that sure. connection and, it, and i feel like it's highlighted every time you know our stories about being in an elevator or being in the mall and saying, mm-hmm. Oh, you're, a, you're a Norwich fan. Um, it, it definitely, uh, and, and I, I have yet to find anybody that hates Norwich. I, I agree. Yeah, I haven't found anyone that hates Norwich. <laughs> Although I did, um, when Tottenham Liverpool played a friendly, I think it was 2012 at the Raven stadium. And that was just a, a wild, wild event. Um, you know, so they played, and that was, I remember, like Harry Kane. Somewhere I have the roster for that. So it was like, if if they're split between uh, Liverpool and Tottenham fans, it was probably eighty twenty. If you you know, but it wasn't just eighty twenty in the stadium. Oh, there was fans of so many other teams and nations that were there. My son was having a blast, like recognizing all of the kids from all the different nations from just because everyone just showed up like, Oh, this is an opportunity to see premier league teams play. And I'm going to wear whatever I'm going to wear. I didn't have a Norwich um, kid at the time. I had a shirt that said canaries that came from the company. Who are you? That's a U.S. company makes lots of t-shirts and stuff like that. They don't have any rights to do anything so everything they do is somewhat looks like what it, it's supposed to be but not yeah. so I'm, I'm wearing that and it was just like a wild event you saw so many different teams represented there it was and just like oh god what's that oh, who's that who's that you know who, who, who's that and the, the liverpool like outside the stadium they had like little 
stands or tents. Let's say there was 50 that went around the stadium. There were two Tottenham things. Everything else was Liverpool. It was just overwhelming, yeah. you know. And, you know, I saw him wearing that. So afterwards, uh, we went back to where we parked. And this was like a uh, a five-star hotel that had a, you know, garage we, we'd park there for Oriole games and we knew there was a little um cafe where you could just like hang out get something to eat and drink and wait for the crowd to dissipate so we're in there and then some guy w- walks up to me and starts pointing at my my shirt and he was you know playfully you know trying to tell me i was an idiot for supporting the team and didn't realize he was an ipshit fan ah. you know? Like, oh, you're on the dark side. You know, my son's like, how did you not know it was Ipshit? So it's, well, because they're not in the Premier League. I don't know what their logo looks like. You know, it was, it was kind of funny. So it was, well, he was wearing, you know, the, the, the Ipshit shirt. And it was, that was the only time I've ever run into someone who seemed anti, but he clearly was, you know, just messing with me. You know, it was, he didn't go, you have, you know, it, it was, it, it was yeah. funny. I think he was like, look, it's a Norwich fan. Let's go annoy him. Yeah. And, and I'm sure my son was wearing something with Man City at that time. I don't know what it was. So that's the only time I've ever run into someone that doesn't um, um, hate it. All right. Let, let's go on. So what unique Norwich items do you own? Anything that's yeah, uh, special and unique? I, so I have quite a bit, probably way too much Norwich kit. Um, but one of the probably for me, one of the most unique pieces I have. Uh, so our, our family that is in the area work for the council. Um, and I got this package in the mail addressed to me and I open it up and it is a Norwich first team Jersey uh, autographed by the first team. And uh, with it came a letter explaining that a, uh, they had been working uh, with the club. There was a uh, an event going on. Um, they were going to be using space there, and and um, they got into conversation about, oh yeah, we've got our uh, family member in the United States, huge Norwich fan. You know, watches the games online, does all this stuff. And um, the next time they had a meeting, um, one of the the club employees who who worked there mm-hmm. um, had this jersey. And, nice. And had it had it signed and like, please send this to him. You know, we appreciate all nice. this support. If you have any questions, you know, if you want nice. to ever connect, let us know. So uh, we've had some moves going on. I really need to frame it. I've kept the letters um, mm-hmm. that came with it. Um, so I, w- I want to frame it and kind of put it in a, you know, a bit of a bar area. I have a signed jersey sitting in my closet over here. I have not framed it. I have a framed Cal Ripken signed jersey and a Lenny Moore jersey. Oh, I, have wow. not framed, I have not framed the, the Norwich jersey. That was something I got on auction. Okay, what, what else you got? Uh, so the other thing I have, um, uh, I did this a couple of years ago. Um, I built my own uh, Norwich City field pitch, training pitch. Nice. Um, that I have in my garage. It's an 8 foot by 12 foot uh, turf. And uh-huh. uh, the story behind it was um, I, I was I was cruising through Habitat for Humanity in my community, and um, the the nearby mini golf had just had all their outdoor mini golf runs redone. 
and uh-huh. the contractor had donated all the scraps. So there was these weird, you know, shapes mm-hmm. as you sure. see in a mini golf. And um, it was just in these rolls and they, they had the, uh, the carpet padding as well. It's an indoor outdoor carpet foam padding that goes uh-huh. underneath. And um, I, I bought it all up, threw it in the back of my truck. And I started watching YouTube videos and like how to carpet seam. And uh-huh. I basically took these chunks and I, it's, it's actually three large chunks. I picked the, the, what I could get and then carpet seam them together to make this eight by 12 mm-hmm. chunk. Um, and, um, at the time, uh, I was coaching and I was playing a, a ton of soccer. I was playing probably four or five times uh, a week between uh, indoor and outdoor. You're going to have to sh- give us a picture later. You know. It's, uh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I, I even have a time lapse of me painting it out. So I, uh, wow. I had these huge um, – I had to do it in sections, and I had a, a – if, if, you, if you get it to me before, like, midday tomorrow when I post this, you know, I can slowly, like – have a picture of, of you with it, you know? Oh yeah, no, I, I, I can make that happen for sure. Yeah. Okay. So, so uh, I, at the time I was working from home and um, that was, I would. Who isn't these days? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So uh, I would get on the computer in the morning, check all my emails, respond to all my projects. And then I'd go out to the garage and I go work out on my Norwich training pitch and all my kit and everything. <laughs> You know, kicking the ball around on a rebounder and all that. Um, That's but it, wild. It, it, it's a lot of, I still have it in my garage here in mm-hmm. North Carolina and uh, I work out on it all the time and um, I need to update <laughs> it. I actually need to go back and update it with the, uh, the new crest. Um, right. Which is actually probably a lot easier to, to do with spray paint and stencil than the sure. other one was. <laughs> right. Right. I think that was part of one of the reasons they, when they design says, this is hard to replicate. We want this to be easier to replicate. You know, also I, like you didn't know that animal was like, like I have it here. If you look at it, like, well, that's supposed to be a lion. Are you sure that's supposed to be a lion? Yeah, I, I, I like the new crest. Are you um, wearing one of the new? I, I can't say. I, I'm I not. Say. No, this is the old. old uh, yeah, the I, old I have one. the old one. Yeah, I got this. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I, I have some, um. Norwich things, like I said, I have. Uh, you, you mentioned the the kit. I have one where the, the academy had it on sale. I think it was like Colin Calderwood or something. It just it fit my size. So like, what sizes do you have available? You yeah. Know? So it, it was like light blue or something. Oh, that's kind of cool. You know, and the price is like dirt cheap, and you get that. That's kind of yeah. cool. A training pitch. I don't know if anyone else um, has that. I haven't seen anyone who has like a, a man cave because you'll see people post pictures. Oh yeah, here's my fandom for. I, mean, I have a variety of things in my office of other things, but it's not just one team that's represented. Some things I'm like, oh my lord, look at this! This is just like everything you can think of for this team. Yeah, absolutely. I think some of the inspiration actually for that project came from a, a diehard fan. I have a a good friend of mine who's a Boise State fan, mm-hmm. and, and he did a Boise State man cave where the entire floor was the blue turf um and painted out and very detailed and and then wow. the whole table with the blue turf and it was it was wow. actually so famous he was having um they when they first hired um, chris peterson as head coach mm-hmm. the first thing he had to do was come to this guy's house and visit his wow basement um and uh, brian harson when he came to boise state as head coach same thing so uh that's pretty cool 
so, something about having a floor like you put it in the ground like on the floor this uh-huh. this is this is norwich ground where you're standing uh even though we're all the way over here so it, it's pretty cool better. at one point in time in my office i don't have any space or anything i i was like you know maybe if i paint the walls like the camden yards outfield walls or something and 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 have that i i never did it but i I even had like what color the brick was supposed to be what color the the wall was supposed to be i think that'd be kind of cool but now i have so many things in here i I basically i really don't have any wall space anymore with the things that i have um here you can see you can see some of it just in the view but i i have other things we have it's like i've basically don't have anything um i over the break, I cleaned up some stuff. I have a variety of, of bobbleheads over here, Orioles bobbleheads. And the joke was that I DFA'd four of them. <laughs> I took four older ones and moved them to another place in the house so I could have newer bobbleheads and, and stuff. I was like, okay, you guys, you're DFA'd. Sorry, you know. You know I don't know if you're going to be picked up, you know, by, by another bobblehead collector. Or something yeah. Like I did some of that. So, so you haven't, right, let's move on. You haven't tended to match it at Caro here. Um, players, favorite, current, and former, any, you know, favorite matches, you know, it's like, yeah. Like, who, who do you like now? Who did you like? Yeah, um, no, absolutely. Even I, I think right now, um, I, I'm definitely a big Josh Sargent fan. That was actually before he came to the club. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as I mentioned, I'm a U.S. men's national team, you know, and I'll 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 listen to some of the podcasts. And I remember seeing, and I'm I'm probably remembering wrong here, but I, I feel like there was a U21 or U23 World Cup that a lot of um, Josh Sargent was part of that team. There are mm-hmm. a lot of other young right. U.S. men. Right. Um, I remember distinctively watching him play in that game in his high work rate, and just like wow, mm-hmm. I would. So I'm kind of a bitter midfielder uh, from my days playing. And I used to really get upset, and, and I still do. I get upset with strikers that just sit at midfield and, like, refuse to drop back any further. They just sit there at the circle like, I'm just going to take a smoke break until you guys bring me the ball. So anytime Kukuki I Kuki gets criticized for some of that, like, not really working back defensively and things like that. I, I've seen him do it at times. Uh, yeah. I some I know sometimes that is the manager's style. Right. You know, I think early on with Timu, uh, you saw him all the way back. I mean, he's back there with Max Aaron's so like wow, like right, right, right. Uh, some of it, right. Uh so I always appreciated Josh Sargent's work rate and just mm-hmm. like, wow, that guy. And I remember when he first became connected with Norwich, um, Jurgen Klinsman came out in the news. I remember an article. Um, coming out saying he was, you know, against it, don't do it. And, and he was no longer the the head coach of the men's national mm-hmm. team, but just really, advise, you know, strongly advised to stay in the Bundesliga, continue developing. Um, so to see Josh, you know, come to my club, you know, it's, just, it's so exciting. And, and um, it was definitely hard um, being in the Premier League uh, and just having so much expectation put on him and you're a 10 million pound striker. What are you doing? You know, and, I'm really excited, you know, this year he's, he's been phenomenal. Um, right. and, and listening to the supporters when I can listen to Canary call, you know, rally around him, it's being, um, you know, an American fan of an English club and trying to mm-hmm. break into 
Break in may be too strong of a word, but sometimes it does feel, uh, at least very early on, a bit of an imposter. Like, you're not one of us. You're not from Norwich. You're not from Norfolk. You're not even from the UK. Right. Um, and, and they, I feel they have a, a better perspective of American talent as far as in the United States. Uh, so my brother-in-law is Brazilian um, and the World Cup going on. And he was just furious with all the attention that the American players are getting. Like, well, because we're in america like i get it they're right. not as good as the brazilian team right but josh being in the in the uk mm -hmm. and being judged by a uk fan base and audience and when i hear them you know praise him and highlight his performance um it makes me feel good as a, a national team fan mm -hmm. and it, and it kind of level sets my perspective of his performance too because sometimes we get carried away with uh with how we we think our, our favorite, you know, is performing or how they're doing. Right. Um, I like the hometown players as well. Um, especially like Angus Gunn, I think his whole story being at the club, um, and, uh, and what he's been able to do even now with the whole Tim cruel mm -hmm. Angus Gunn, who's going to start, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, that was, on. that was a very interesting little switch there. Yeah, no, it, it was. Um, and, and it's, I, who would think that you have two really good goalkeepers in the championship mm -hmm. competing seriously to be the number one? Yeah. It's a good problem to have. It's got to be frustrating for the two of them, but it, it's right. still a great problem to have. <laughs> my, my take on that is that Wagner, having you know been in the Premier League and some other places, I think he valued Krull's leadership. Like Krull brings things that are different than what Angus is bringing, and I think he needed that more of the the leadership over a captaincy role than Angus brought. That's strictly my feeling on why the move was made. I know sometimes Krull will be like, you just gave the ball away, Tim. And people get frustrated um, by that. I think as a goaltender, he's fine. That's just sometimes like you just put yourself in a very bad position because of your own fault. And you need to stop doing that. <laughs> That's where people get frustrated. Yeah. Um, with him um you know i also I, I like the swagger that he brings yeah um, yeah angus doesn't look like he's got swagger tim krill definitely has swagger and you need swagger to be a goalie so i'm like okay this is interesting and then they you know what what one two in a row or something like that yeah, yeah. So no I, and, and, and the goals that were scored in the last match weren't his fault no one's going to stop those you know they're like oh i was like you expect them to stop those? No one's going to stop those. You know where they come in. It's like it's one of those. Well, you'll stop them if the goalie's in the absolute wrong position. But yeah. that's okay. So, so you like Josh? Um, we um, Jeff is actually in touch with Josh's dad, so we're hoping to sometime get him on. Getting people actually connected to the club on here, you have to go through the club. Um, you have to go through the, the, the process. We had a woman's player on. I actually had uh, Megan Todd on who played in the U.S. at, at uh, UC Riverside and UC. What was the other one? Um, I forgot what it was. So we had to get the club to prove her to come on, even though the women's club at the time wasn't as connected to the men's club. We still needed approval. She yeah. couldn't just come on because she's you know, in North City. So getting 
you know, you like, you can't reach out to Josh, go, Hey, Josh, you know, can you come on? And he'd probably say, yeah. And the, you know, the people around the club, like, yeah, no, you know, or whatever. Like eventually we'll have Jonathan Tompkinson on. Um, now he's not with the Norwich anymore. He's, he, he's elsewhere, but it's, it's one of those, hey, can we get him in the off season or something like that? Cause he had his parents on, but you know, it's like, so yeah, I, I agree. Josh says that. So, uh, players that aren't with the club, who do you really like, or who who are you? Yeah, I, not, I, not they're either with another club or they're just not playing anymore. Well, uh, so James Madison, I mm-hmm. really loved him when he played for us. Uh, I thought he had a lot of class, and and just I, he was so exciting to have with us when we had him, and then moving on, but how he handled that and how he continues to just, I I really enjoy uh, James Madison, his play, his style. I think part of that has to do with, again, being a midfielder and Mm -hmm. wishing I could have played it uh, the way he does his creativity. Um, I liked Ben Godfrey as well. Um, And I wish it's interesting uh, with Todd Cantwell now um, moving Mm -hmm. on to Rangers. Um. And, and I think it was Chris Warren was talking about this, about as a fan base, we'd be really upset selling Ben Godfrey or selling, um, you know, James Madison. But at the same time, we're really probably getting next to nothing for Todd Cantwell. And uh, he was talking about if we had sold him two years ago when he had those connections to a 10 million pound transfer, a mm-hmm. 20 million pound transfer, you know, how could that have been different for us now where, where we're at? And, and maybe that sobers us a little bit as fans about these kind of roster decisions. Maybe they're not nearly as clear cut and dry as we want to think um, as far as keeping that top talent. Maybe, mm-hmm. um, maybe it is worth letting them move on at the same time. I'm, you know, I'm a little, I'm a little curious. I know we do have some folks coming up through the Academy that have really stood out um, Mumba with his, you know, goal over Ipswich. Right. Uh, heard a lot about that. Um, but I, I'm kind of looking around right now and, and going, okay, where's the next James Madison? Where's the next Ben Godfrey? You know, the next Max Aaron's that's really, you know, Todd Cantwell, where are these? Oh, Ben Godfrey. It's, Tom, it's, 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 yeah. it's Tompkinson. It's Tompkinson's going to be back. Right. Tompkinson yeah. should really be, be starting. So he's there. But I remember talking to uh, Jonathan's dad who was telling us some of the players, who were there? It was a uh, Jonathan Rowe, Bally Mamba, and there was another couple of guys that he mentioned that these are the guys who are really good. He also said something really interesting. He said when Kenny McLean played with the under 23s for a while, he was very impressed at how he could run a game. He was mm. very impressed with that, his ability to, you know, the the lead out there. Interesting. Okay, you already mentioned Mac. So we're already an hour in. I want to move on. Yeah, no. That's here. Um, what's your opinion on the uh, uh, manager chain? I'll tell you mine. When they got rid of Farka, they were looking around. Oh, God, who are you going to go? Oh, wait a second. Dean Smith just got fired. Huh? Well, he's a capable guy. What do you guys think of him? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Reach out. You know, it, it was one of those where the timing worked in their favor. And I think of Dean Smith still, if he wasn't sacked that they wouldn't have even tried reach out to him we would have had somebody else i don't know don't know who it was and maybe 
you would have had more development from the squad instead of stagnating with like, what are we doing? What is, what's, the the only thing that I really saw that he did, hey, Jonathan Rowe played. He had some of the younger guys come on there and then he gave, you know, opportunities to some of the younger players, which was good. Um, Ida played a lot. So I appreciate him um, having the, the younger players come on and give them playing time and prove, you know, what was there or not. But like people, people are like, what are we playing? What, what is our strategy? What are we trying to do? And it's, it wasn't there. Also, it really seemed that he just didn't have a connection with the fans. Um, he wouldn't go over and clap with them, you know, and they didn't clap for him. And that's if Farco really built that and having a manager just didn't do that. They're like, what's up with that? Don't you know how this is how it's supposed to work? This is what you're supposed to do and you're not doing that. And like, yeah, go. Yeah. Like, oh, he's gone. Great. You know, and then Wagner realized, hmm, this is what Farka did. I'm okay with that. I like doing that. I'll do that. Maybe the, you know, so the, the three, you know, matches at home, he's gone over and done us. Okay. I'm glad he understands what the fans are looking for, what they want, you know, which helps a lot. Yeah. I, so one of the, another reason I reason this thing. what's that? I have a, a, a light bar and it's like dead. I got to put new batteries. In oh. this thing. It's, it's because <laughs> um, where, where I'm sitting, I don't have overhead light. I have a, a light that bounces off. So I need enough light when I'm on camera and stuff. And right. I find you, you've seen me like fade in and out. My camera is either a motion camera or proximity cancer camera. I'm not sure right. what it does. So I'll just have to. No, I, I'll move the batteries around, see if it does anything. Now, if not, just get new ones. No big deal. Go ahead. Yeah. That, I, that's my take on that stuff. It, and I, I think uh, I think you have some some real valid observations in there. One of the reasons I have really enjoyed watching Norwich. Um, so looking back, you know, I became a fan December of 2015. You know, we get relegated 2016. You mm-hmm. know, Alex Neal gets let go. So as a as a new fan, um, I really was coming on board following the club right as Stuart Weber came, mm-hmm. and I remember the hype around what Stuart and Wagner were doing at Huddersfield. And I even remember fans kind of really being hesitant and nervous about Stuart Weber because did we get the better half of the, of that partnership Uh, and, Mm -hmm. and feeling like maybe we'd been shorted because we didn't get the complete package. And and, uh, I think, uh, you know, we've been referred to. I actually don't, I actually don't remember that, but thanks for reminding me about that. uh, Um, thought you know the, the the thoughts that the opinions that people had i don't remember that but i'm not surprised that that's uh, where people were thinking yeah in uh so looking back you know kind of rewinding back to this whole project restart and where the club was in the mm-hmm. late um you know right before 2020 you know before weber came in and kind of the direction we needed to head in if we were going to continue to be self-funded right um and how that's progressed with Dean Smith. I, I think you're right. I think timing played a huge role and we have to remember that. And I love Daniel Farka, um, but this was a second promotion into the premier league mm-hmm. and we weren't seeing any 
change. It was right. it was going to be a repeat, and everybody was seeing the repeat. And I, I trying to look at things in the lens of that time uh, instead mm -hmm. of the hindsight twenty twenty. <coughs> I mean, even now we're seeing the hindsight twenty twenty with people debating about should we have hired Wagner before the World Cup break and and all these things. Yes. You, you can't, you have to look at them in the time that they were occurring. Mm -hmm. And I think in the time that it was occurring, you have Dean Smith. He's been with Aston Villa. He's very familiar with the Premier League. He's right. got a track record. It made sense. Mm -hmm. um, and there were a lot of connections too, because they're, you know, they have that Aston Villa connection, whoever being a fan of them. Um, what I didn't understand, and I have to be, I, I want to be careful on how I articulate because my news from the club typically comes through podcasts and the timing of things and how uh -huh. it's played. But how it kind of felt, the and, and I'm a fan of Stuart Weber, but kind of how it felt with Stuart Weber is, yeah, we're going to let Dean Smith go, but it's because the fans are kind of making us do this. You know, we, mm -hmm. we'd love to give him more time. Right. Uh -huh. right. And, and really coming out to defend him. Yet you see well, technically three games, but two league games under David Wagner. And you go, what team is this? I mean, the performance has just been outstanding, the organization. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of, Weber, what were you defending? Like, right? yeah. So, um, so on that note, um, I think, I think this appointment is, is great for the club. I think it's great for the community. I'm super excited about David Wagner. Um, I think a lot of us, from what I understand, Dean Smith is a great man. He's a nice man. It didn't work out. And mm -hmm. I, I feel like that's kind of how the fan base and, and the club want to just leave it. And, and just, we respect the work that you did for us. Um, different personalities. It happens, mm -hmm. you know, you, right. you meet somebody or meet somebody or build a team at work and it just it didn't work out. But I think we need to rally around the positive of what we're seeing right now mm -hmm. and, and the opportunity. I think that – so I, I was actually talking with um, a friend of mine yesterday, and he said, if, if, I, if you're Stuart Weber and you had 10 million pounds in your back pocket, what are you doing with it in this January transfer window? And I said, honestly, nothing. And he was kind of dumbfounded. And my point was, right now, we have – an opportunity to still get automatic promotion. Um, but it's yeah, second first is not, you're not gonna get first. Right. But it's still an opportunity, but the chances, I mean, we're talking winning every match. We're talking like performances mm -hmm. we've never seen before, which I mean, we're all getting excited. You know, I think the Burnley game okay. will, will tell us a lot. Yeah, You jumped ahead a little bit because that was one of the questions. Like where oh. do you think the team will, well, like, it was like, where do you think the team will finish? And do you really want the team to be promoted or do you want them to like really strengthen stuff and then come back with a stronger team? That, that, that's like further stuff. Okay. So you're sort of saying, so yeah, you could get second. I don't think they're getting first. No, I, I totally agree. And, and I think Burnley's like going to, I think Burnley's going to wrap it up by like mid March. Very yeah, very possible this year's championship. Um, we've heard it a lot from a lot of the pundits. No, no real team has really grabbed this division by the the neck and just like we're in charge. Um, you look at the you, I'll look at the table and you look at the spread from 
Mm-hmm. You know, the playoff positions to relegation, it really isn't that big of a difference. It's, yeah, it's very close. Well, the championship is like that a lot, where it's very bunched together. You have, what, 24 teams, and you'll have 18 that are roughly, you know, somewhat equivalent. Then you have two that just suck. And, you know, the, the, the you know, one or two that really are strong. Generally, there's a, because yeah, following the standings, generally, Whoever finished in second, they don't just squeak out over third. There's a gap. There's a there's a the significant gap between second and third. It, it's not, hey, X, you know, whatever team got there on 90 points and the team third got 89 or something. It's generally a much bigger, much bigger gap, you know. And then the teams, you know, that are like, you know, three through, you know, eight are all sort of all jumbled together. No, and that's true. Absolutely. And and I think that's what will make this transfer window a very quiet one, because if we get promotion, I need to bring in players, you know, hopefully with investment from the, you know, Mark Antanasio, mm-hmm. um, bring in players that can keep us in the Premier League. Uh Whereas if you bring those players here now in January and you saddle them up with contracts mm-hmm. uh, and we don't get promoted, mm-hmm. now what do we do with that roster of players? Right. Um, and the expectations will just be even higher next next year, which it, they should be. If we don't mm-hmm. get promotion this year, they really should be extremely high for next season, regardless of who we bring in. Right. Um, I, I'm always going to say I want my club promoted. I'm mm-hmm. never going to say, you know, no, we, we, we shouldn't. And, and I know the club has vocalized that, you know, we still intend to be promoted this season. Right. It's going to be an exciting ride if it happens. Um, and if it doesn't, I, I think we're all going to enjoy the journey just with the football that we're seeing. I mean, whether they get second, I don't know. Do I think they're going to wind up in the playoffs spots if the trend continues? Yeah. I think they'll, be able to get into the playoff spots if they're playing, you know, at this, I mean, scoring four goals in back-to-back games is certainly nice. It's better than, it's like, where are the goals coming from? Oh, they're coming from a variety of different places and they're playing. Players seem to, like they're having fun. They seem like they have swagger back, um, <clears throat> which, which, which they didn't have. And, you know, players have more freedom to, you know, um, show their skills and things, which is you know, really nice to see. Um, but you know, it's like I said, it's, it's not like there's one overwhelming team. So we'll see. They actually played on, you know, they played Friday, like the under 23s played mm-hmm. and like half of the first team was playing in that. Cause I, I looked on Twitter. I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like like what the, they're playing now. This is this, what, huh? I was like, I didn't even know that was happening. So they had lots of guys playing an under 23 match. I'm like, Oh, this is interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think uh, I've been really excited with the changes since the, the David Wagner appointment, and it's mm-hmm. it's not just on the pitch, but even off the pitch. Right. And uh, my social media is blowing up with content from the club now, which it wasn't before. And it's and it's what are the players doing? What are what are we doing in the community? What's happening? Really, mm-hmm. just getting after the momentum. Mm-hmm that's been created with the the new manager 
and with the success that we've had in just in two games. So I, I hope, you know, this is the snowball at the top of the mountain and um, it rolls down into this, into this promotion. Yeah. One thing we had a uh, right after change. I think we had Connor Southler or maybe David Freezer on. And I asked, what's the difference between um, Smith and Farka? And they said, well, Smith has his press conferences at a different time. I forgot what it was. It was a time that was, um, I forgot whether it was earlier or later. It, I, it was something that I, they preferred. And uh, because Smith, English is his first language and Farka, it's not, um, his press conferences were uh, more concise. Mm. Um, but then I saw, oh, here's your, here's your, uh, uh, Smith press conference and here's your Wagner press conference and it was longer. So they were trying to, I guess, show that, Hey, he's more willing to talk and not as, you know, concise. So it was, it's interesting that because it's okay, he's more concise, you know, and Farka sometimes would give very long winded answers while in his head, he's making sure he has the right English word that he wants to say. Right. Yeah, it's just, it's, that's just how he, how he spoke. Yeah. And they they weren't saying it was good or bad. They're just saying, well, here's the contrast that we've noticed, right? Um, um, with it, which is interesting. I haven't seen any of Wagner's press conferences, but he knows what's going on. He knows the deal. He knows what's happening. He knows why he's there. He knows how the club has played in the past, why the fans liked it, why they didn't like um, what they saw. So, yeah, we, yeah and. I, I, he's he's had some failures, you know, at, at the last two clubs, but I think mm -hmm. those have been explained away um, in great detail by others that are far more in the know than myself. Uh, I think kind of <laughs> to, to use Josh Sargent as an analogy, mm -hmm. the, the work rate and the, the energy um, and this just spirit and fight is a hundred percent there. Have the results always come? Maybe not in the last two clubs. They definitely did at Huddersfield. Mm -hmm. And I hope kind of like what we're seeing from Josh this season. Um, I hope for us, um, it leads to promotion. And I think if we could just get back to back seasons in the premier league, uh, yeah, anything after that, I would love to, yeah, obviously the goal is to stay there permanently. Right. If we can at least stay up. For, for more than one season, what that could do financially as far as bringing mm -hmm. in players and, and credibility too. If, I, if I'm a player, do I want to be involved with a club that I don't know if I'm going to get Premier League time next year because they're not bringing in the investment or bringing in the quality right. that we need. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I'm, I'm really excited. I'm trying not to get too carried away uh, on the Wagner train, um, but uh, very excited. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the club not only needs to establish itself, it needs to be like your solid mid-table team. Um, yeah. You could have in the past say, ah, like Everton. No, not like Everton now. <laughs> but like like Everton, Everton, you know, oh, they're going to be between 12th and 8th, and maybe they would challenge a little bit and pull off an upset. Seemed like had a great fan base, you know. Good players came in, played exciting, had an interesting stadium. You know, like, okay, Everton. And then for a while, it was like West Brom. Well, West, West, West Brom is one of those clubs. So I was like, what does it stand for? Like, when I look at clubs, like, 
what what are, what is it known for? Oh, West Brom is known for, and I don't know what to fill in the blank there. And mm-hmm. if anyone's a West Brom fan, maybe they can help me out. Like, like, well, what are you known for? Like, I, I couldn't figure out any characteristic of the area, the stadium, the the. I don't know. It's like they, they sort yeah. of existed and and then they went down maybe because they didn't really stand for anything. Um, but they need to establish themselves as somebody that's not going to be struggling all the time. You know, in order to do that, you have to beat your teams from 11 to 12. You need to get at least three points off of all of them, you know, all, all the time, you know, you, you know, three, you know, three, four or, or six, you can't just, you know, get doubled up by those teams. And then you have to, you know, spring uh, upsets and play the other teams tough. You can't get just drilled seven, one by the other teams. You have to, you know, uh, keep the goal differential there. And, <clears throat> but it always seemed offensively, they were okay. Just defensively, they just couldn't get out of their own way. They just weren't there. And um, you don't have a solid defensive midfielder at all on the team. You know, I mean, we talked about favorite players. Teddy was one of my favorite, you know, um, former players. Uh, Current players, yes, I I do like uh, Josh a lot. Um, I I definitely like how he he plays. Um, I've, I've said that previously to the guys. He reminds me of Harry Kane and how he does all the things that Harry Kane does. Not the talent level, but you see Harry Kane going back all the time. You see Harry Kane heading balls on corners. You see him back there. Harry's all all over the pitch, and Josh does the same thing. So he plays in a similar style that Harry Kane does. I'm not comparing him to Harry Kane at all anywhere else. He scores, he can score some goals, you know, but that's like, that's the the style of play so i appreciate the effort that um he puts out you know teddy is as a pass player when dio is just freaking phenomenal you know a, a little uh magician and then you know i started following where Houlihan and and holt were coming on um they were like super subs sometimes they'd start sometimes they wouldn't and they always gave you something yeah, that was there. And even going back to uh, when they were struggling a bit in the Premier League, Robert Snodgrass was someone that I always thought gave 100, F, you know, you can't say 110 because that's impossible. He, he looked like he cared. He really looked like he was giving his maximum effort out there. You know, Madison, you know, uh, liked a lot. But Wendia just uh, unbelievable. They have yet to replace him, obviously, and that's really right. hurt. You know, they, they don't have anybody who is um, that's skilled. You know, they tried with Nunez and Sarah. I haven't seen anyone who has that individual um, skill set. Max Ahrens does have that when he is allowed to play that way. Um, you know, but he's you know, his defender. I don't know. Maybe if someone go, hey, Max, you want to fill the number 10 role in, in training for a little bit and see what you can do? Because he's a yeah. little guy. He's quick. He's yeah. very skilled. I don't know. Maybe he's in the wrong position. Um, I was on a, a podcast and uh, Darren um, Eady was on, you know, and it was interesting. He talked about uh, Max Aaron's and, and Darren said, Max is really 
good um like between the goal boxes and stuff um he sort of lacks some finishing ability and he lacks the the ability to cover guys he makes up for his speed and he says that's one of the reasons why all of the potential transfers to big clubs hasn't happened that's why he's still at norwich but he also if you remember at the time he was 19 or whatever but i think max is a guy i really like when he plays i like when he's basically like a a, your winger you know you're attacking um i think that brings a lot to the team and i I, you know i love this it's like hey just throw him in there and see how he could do in you know the um playmaker role and stuff like that but that's my favorite guys i also oh unique stuff i have a uh pair of shorts that basang wore like one on the auction you know like yeah. sign 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 basang shorts yeah or something yeah like that. yeah and I, I have other stuff i have a whole thing of uh, autograph programs i won like an auction so one year i have all the all the all so when you get the the signed programs it's signed by the player of the match it's not signed by who was on the cover so i think of the, you know the, the home matches so you know what do you get 19 i think maybe four match the cover um mm. my, my favorite i have one with a, a basong and kai kamara dancing and stuff they didn't i think kai kamara maybe signed that one that's like my favorite cover just because it was like okay one of his two goals that kai kamara scored you know yeah for an orange all right uh let's say who do, who really dreads seeing i don't really dread seeing anybody uh come on um yeah, some people do. Okay, final position to season. All right, all right, uh, all right. Let, let's finish the the penultimate question. I love that uh, adjective, by the way. Penultimate, <laughs> penultimate, and draconian. I've used draconian before, and people are like, "Whoa, where'd that come from?" Um, ninth grade English or something. <laughs> um, what do you think Athanasio's influence will be? And also, before I say that, we're trying to get um the sun. One, yeah. um, I think Ryan Blumenthal is up in the <coughs> New York has connected with him um, mm-hmm. on social media and has DMs. He appears to be far more um, available. Mm-hmm. And I also have the the Brewers, uh, con- who I'm supposed to contact with the Brewers. I got it from a Ken Rosenthal, who was you know the, the baseball reporter. He was at an event at the University of Maryland, and I just walked up to him and says, "Ken, I have a." A, a question for you related to baseball and soccer. He looks at me. He's like, huh? And it's like, <laughs> like, you know, Mark Atanasio bought into the club North city. That's a club that I follow. I host a podcast and I'd like to know who should I talk to in the brewers to see if we can get him to be on the podcast. And he gave me the names. It's fantastic. Thank you so much. You know, it's like a 30 second conversation. Yeah. Son, sounds like you just went up to him and asked him. I says, yeah, I went up to him and asked him. It's like, that's how you get the information. You know, yeah. I thanked yeah. him. I said, okay, cool. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. You know, like 30 second conversation. He gave me what I wanted. I thanked him. He's like, you do stuff all the time. I says, yeah, I do stuff all the time. I'll just walk up to someone and ask them something and, and thank them. Like, uh, when we uh, toured, uh, we went up to Syracuse. He's a journalism major. We went to Syracuse. Tim Kirkjian was there. Tim Kirkjian, you know, was a, a Syracuse grad, even though his his uh, now his son his son's a, his son went to Syracuse. Even and Tim is like a Maryland grad. I says, okay, 
well, can you tell me about this whole Syracuse thing? And he gave me a lot of information. And I remember the Orioles, like in a playoff game was like 12, 14, probably 14. And we like attended a playoff game and Tim is outside the, the main entrance, the uh, Camden yard. You're like, Hey, how you doing? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I was like, Hey, yeah. Thanks. So, you know, like, and he remembered, you know, chatting yeah. with me because I was chatting with him as a dad. Like, you're a dad. Your kid went there. My kid's interesting. What can you tell me? You know, yeah. as a dad, same thing when we toured Northwestern. I had Kevin Blackstone, who used to be on Around the Horn and stuff, who's actually a professor at Maryland now. I said, hey, can you give us people to talk to when we go there? So he's like, you just walked up to me. I said, yeah, I just walked up and asked them. Like, and they were both extremely helpful. You know, yeah. So we're trying to get um, Mike Atanasio to come on. Um, so uh, Ryan is talking to him and we'll, we'll, hopefully we'll be able to get him to come on because um, his dad you know, is obviously much busier and get the son to come on. Okay. We're, we're hoping to be able to do that, uh, yeah. to have them come on and chat. So I don't know, like, you know, Delia and Michael, are they at the position where they want to, sell the club and be minority owners or do they want to like still be majority owners and yeah i don't know what the deal is i I honestly think they would love to have more money and still be in control Mm. and but i just don't know you know what's going to happen right now because they're basically in the nascent stages of of their uh, you know partnership and trying to figure out, you know, what's going on. And I don't have a clue if it's something because the, the talk New York city guys interviewed him. I still didn't get the sense. That it's like, we really want to own a club and we, we like this. It's like, well, this is a club that sort of matches what we want to do, but I didn't get the sense that it's like, they wanted to be like some of the, you know, the, the, the people that own the Red Sox or, or Cronky or, you know, the, the, the people that own multiple teams that it's like, hey, we want to buy in. There's others too. There's other at lower levels of the English football where it's like, oh, that's who owns this stuff. It's kind of interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I do know through Club News, um, there's going to be a shareholders meeting that was announced in February. And the way I was reading uh, the, the news that I was reading about <laughs> and kind of the pundit analysis was it looks like they'll be buying more shares into the club, but it, it's an increase of the overall shareholdings in the club. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sounds like that mirrors how other club ownerships have transferred where um, you know, by adding these new shares, you know, we're just slowly kind of increasing our influence um, with the intent of maybe a possible change in overall ownership mm-hmm. i can i would imagine i have definitely been frustrated with uh you know the whole ownership conversation you know when you see us have these relegations we're not in the mix as far as player transfers and things like that right um and that's that's really hard but at the same time um i have an mba and i look at the business side of it as well I have a master science business, which is yeah, essentially uh, mine's from Hopkins. It's essentially the same thing. Yeah. The funny thing with that, my, my wife, what, what Hopkins um, offered, I won't get into the differences, but it's 
essentially the same thing. And Hopkins right. is like, oh, we now are, we went through this process and we now are accredited to give an MBA degree. It was things like you actually had to have a physical business school and you right. needed to have like staff. It was more like a brick yeah. and mortar sort of a thing. You need a building and you need people in the building and then we'll give it to you. It's like, hey, look, you know, I can take a, something like four more classes to get my my MBA right. from Hopkins. She looks at me goes over my dead body. <laughs> so I wasn't going to do it. I'm like, I, I personally think a master of science in business somehow sounds more prestigious than an MBA. Yeah, I, I honestly don't really – it's a tool for me. I, I mm -hmm. am very grateful to have it. Um, and, and in that note, you know, those analytical skills that we develop in, in that kind of education, right. um, it all comes back to market, 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 market. If mm -hmm. I'm going to bring in a hundred million pound transfer, what is my ROI on that transfer? Right. And I, and I think if you try to look at the history of it and you go back to where Delia and Michael came in and <laughs> the clubs in league one, and we're having to refund people their season tickets because we're playing so bad. Mm-hmm. That's the scars they're living with. That's right. the club they don't want to ever, ever in a million years go back to. They will, I would imagine if I was them, I would accept mid-table championship mediocrity for a decade over going back to where the club was at. That's right. not what fans want to hear, but that's your business answer. That's the mm -hmm. technical business answer. And I think um, we have been able to capitalize from our promotions bigger brand exposure and, and getting these international players. When I first started following Norwich, I mean, they weren't known for having international players. They were known, they had an English manager and English players and an English staff. And now right. it's like, no, we are international. We've got, and, and that is the journey that the club needed to go on mm -hmm. to draw in the money. And now that is starting to come. So I, I'm very excited but but along with that excitement comes an appreciation for the fact that it will probably take another decade of progress to really see the club remain well-established, I would say, with, mm -hmm. with the investment coming from the Adonazios, listening to what they had mm -hmm. to say, how they right. built the Brewers. Um, but I'm excited about the fact, uh, so my wife has a ton of family in Milwaukee as well. Mm -hmm. And understanding the Milwaukee and the Wisconsin sports, you know, that, that environment. And it, it reminds me a ton of what I see from Norwich, that connection between the local community and their sports um, and, and what that feels like. Uh, you know, the Packers were dreadful for years. They still had supporters in droves, even when they were, right. you know, so they know what they're getting into. Mm-hmm. They're excited about getting into it. And I think we as fans should be excited about getting into it and uh, touching on what I've said before, being an American, kind of having that bit of an imposter syndrome, if you will, starting to follow an English club. It's so exciting that I've been following the club for about eight years now. I think I did when I did the math. And um, from when I first became a fan where there were no international connections mm -hmm. and we would never have an American player, we'd never have American owners to Oh, we can't wait for, you know, Mark and Mike to put their 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 fingers all over this. We can't wait for uh, 
David Wagner to take over and bring us a German style of, of attacking football. Like mm-hmm. it's really exciting to be on this train over the last eight years. And I can't wait to see where it goes next. Yeah. I mean, we'll take not, not the brag, but some of the efforts that we've done to try and get involved. Like I said, Ryan's on the actual supporters board. Mark is on with the Canaries trust and, you know, both Mark and I are good friends with Robin Sainty, the head of the Canaries Trust. So we always, I can always get an answer within a half a day on mm. something from Robin. I'm like, why is this happening? What's going on here? You know, help me out, understand, you know, what's going on. The fact that we have direct stuff and that we're trying to do this. We're trying to, you know, have the, um, the, the podcast try to have more reach. You know, we're seeing people, show up like some guy was at the fan fest in orlando and things like that yeah so it's nice but you don't have like um the tottenham per se you know i i'll get um i'll see something from the baltimore tottenham fans hey um come out to blah you know this is our bar you know that since i've been you know that there's been like three different bars i've never gone to any of them because generally it's like if they're playing at 10 o'clock on a Saturday, you think I'm getting out of my house to go, you know, and drink? No, I'm sometimes watching it in my pajama pants, you know, or, or whatever. And, and, and going, it's just so much easier. And I'm not, I'm not a person who enjoys going to a bar or restaurant to watch a sporting event. Um, that's just not my, my vibe. Other people right. like doing that. I just that's not something that I personally enjoy mm-hmm. um, d- doing something like that. So but those who do great. And yeah, that's just not my thing. Also, none of it was really like that close mm-hmm. where even though it, it was, you know, live in Columbia, going to Baltimore will take me half an hour. It's still, it's not that close. It still was a, right. A hassle. I mean, we have a, there's a place called Union Jacks, a great name for your, your British team, you know, bar restaurant yeah. that does a lot. It's a soccer bar and, you know, it's a soccer bar and they also have a variety of other uh, entertainment things. They have bands come in, they have trivia, they even do a drag brunch. So, you know, it's, which is kind of interesting, you know, that they just, you know, have everything all over the place. We went there and, um, 18 yeah in 18 england was playing somebody like seven o'clock in the morning in russia so we just said hey let's just go and watch you know them i forgot who it was they beat him handily and that was like the only time i ever really went somewhere to watch something just because oh no one's going to be there and we checked you know and there there of course the place didn't have a special break it's not like oh here's our breakfast menu we'll have pant now it's like no we'll just have a regular menu they didn't all of a sudden create different entrees you know even like you know real basic things we're not we're, just, we're not gonna we don't have breakfast on our menu we're not creating anything yeah know, for it so that's like the only time we did that yeah it was kind of fun um to do but that's a place where if you went during any normal world cup match, you had to make a reservation and yeah. hope that, you know, and they, they have plenty of TVs and stuff, but I just wasn't into that scene of people going there and watching. I know there's, you know, big events. I did do that in 14 at work. Um, US. It was the, the knockout game where they went into a, I think maybe Portugal 
where Tim Howard, you know, had all those saves. Um, I did it in DC with a, a friend who's a big soccer fan. We went to a, a, a brew pub and watched it there. And that's because that was the thing to do. But it was because he was, oh, sure, I'll go with you. Yeah, but it's not something that, and we went and, and watched that. But those are the only two times I've ever gone somewhere to watch on they both were world cup things i'm just not gonna go so you don't have like a norwich club i know there's um guys in the dc area i've met with right. one i'm trying to meet with some other people the new york canaries are maybe the only group that regularly gets together there's enough of them that gets together you know and they're more established they get their flag and stuff like that um we don't have there's like pockets there's five people here there's 10 people here there's like not enough to want to go also new york being so different you know, it's just like oh, okay we live in the manhattan area or whatever so it's easier for them to all go someplace and head on the subway or or right. it's just it's just as easier oh sure i can get there you know i don't have to drive there i'll just you know it's it's an easier sort of a thing um when my son and i were in chicago and we toured northwestern we went to a uh, wound up being like an, an arsenal pub, you know, a nice <coughs> bar, a soccer bar, which was close to Wrigley Field. Because I remember when we went to Wrigley Field when, like, in two thousand and eight or something. I remember passing passing that particular place. Oh, I remember where that was. So we went there. It was like Arsenal and and uh, uh, Man City, like seven o'clock in the morning, and. Of course, we were a smidge late because I missed the turn. Have you, have you ever been to Chicago? Uh, I've driven through it. I right. haven't done a lot there, though. So I, I, I wanted to like go onto Lakeshore Drive, and somehow mm -hmm. I missed. Like, shit, I missed. Where am I? So I was like, hold on. It's like, I'm heading south. I know I need to head south. Where are we? Pull up and map it. So when you're driving at, let's say, 6 o'clock on a Saturday morning, nobody's on the road in Chicago. <laughs> so we just went yeah. south, and eventually, like, how far are we? How far away are we? And I also noticed when you do that, so much of the of the Chicago, when you're not in, you know, the main part of the city, looks alike. It was just yeah. amazing. We probably went through 10, 15 miles of it just looking similar. There wasn't any change in the types of buildings, the heights of the buildings, the types of, um, you know, fast food things. It was just like so much of sameness. It was just amazing yeah. how similar it just was the whole entire. So we went there, you know, and it was basically it was an arsenal, a bar that was, you know, and we the Man City fans were probably outnumbered, you know six to one or something yeah you know, went there watched that and then we went back to the hotel and had breakfast because we just didn't feel like you know eating breakfast there just wanted to be part of it i don't even know if we got anything we may have just you know found a, a glass and a pitcher of water and just watched it you know without ordering anything yeah. i don't remember if we ordered a darn thing so that was kind of but the point is there's not enough norwich people to actually other than new york to have groups of people that are going to get together. The New York is the only yeah. one that I know that does it on a regular basis. I know Mark Foster in Texas has gotten together sometimes with people, but even here, there's not enough. There's like five of us, and I've never been able to get 
everyone, hey, let's all meet at this place. It's never worked because it's no one can ever like agree on where to go or, or when to go. No, I totally understand. And, and I, I would tr say I tread somewhere in the middle. So my wife and I, for our second, second or third wedding anniversary, we went to the uh, uh, U.S. Men's National Team qualifier in Denver. Nice. And uh, we went to the English Bulldog, the American Outlaws. Um, we're doing like a pregame and postgame mm -hmm. at that pub, and they had a bus. So it, it was super cool. Um, we, we bought tickets for the bus. We went to the, the pub early, had a, had a beer, had lunch. Uh, the bus took us out to the game and then the bus brought us back to the pub and we Good. could walk back to our, um, mm -hmm. Airbnb there in downtown Denver. And it, it was an amazing time. We absolutely loved it. Sounds fun. What I have found is I appreciate like <laughs> you have a population density and a supporter density and also community density in the UK for mm -hmm. those clubs that we just don't have here. Right. Where I have found community personally is in other supporters that are championship team supporters. So we have an English pub um, not too far from us called the Sly Fox here in North Carolina. Mm -hmm. And we went for, uh, what was it? It was it wasn't the World Cup. It must have been the Euros. But England was playing in a in a huge match, mm -hmm. um, and I'm in my Norwich kit. And there's somebody from Brighton, and they're in there, you know. And we're just talking about you know you're a Brighton fan, I'm a Norwich fan, like the connection. And, and as a U.S. supporter of English football, I find that the connection is more the fact that we support somebody who isn't the big six or maybe somebody right. who is right. in that I, championship. I notice that. Right, right. You, you, you'll, you'll get more yeah. from, and it's like, oh, look, it's an Arsenal fan. Or, yeah. I think, God, who did I? And, and what I found is, uh, I actually shared this analogy with someone yesterday. <laughs> I said, um, and, and this is not describing the quality or, or picking on <laughs> the quality of the big six, but if I support a big six club, it's like um, Bud Light. Anybody can get a Bud Light anywhere, mm -hmm. but you can't get a, a, a Imperial Stout or an Amber Ale or a, and, and when you support a Norwich, a Hull City, a Fulham, a Swansea City, and you really are part of that community and you, and mm -hmm. you want to follow those clubs, you're kind of a connoisseur of English football. Right. You're looking at it beyond the highlights mm -hmm. of the Champions League. And um, it, it's been interesting because you know, Norwich did play Bayern Munich. Like we were a founding club of the premier league right. and uh, playing, you know, anytime I can wear Norwich kit when I play soccer, I will. And I've had, you know, folks, Oh, well, who do you support in the champions league? Norwich city. What? Like, what do you mean? Like Norwich city, like they need to get promoted. They need to get into the premier league. They need to start playing in Europe. That is, you know, as a fan, mm -hmm. that's what I want to see my club do. So that is my team. I'm not going to, you know, support Madrid or any it's of these other folks. If someone asked me who I support in the Champions League, I would say I don't support anybody. I enjoy watching the matches. Mm, yeah. There's not a team that I'll like. Like I don't want any of the red English teams to win. Man, <laughs> Liverpool, or Arsenal. You know the Reds. I hate. You know, even though I have lots of red stuff from being a Maryland fan, all the red teams annoy me. You no, know, <laughs> it's it, it, it's it's like one of those. So, what do you want to happen? Can they both lose? Uh, <laughs> Is that possible? No, yeah. like you know, it's like, well, 
you, you sort of want, well, how about a zero, zero draw, you know, then they share the points and no one gets any better. That's like your best um, outcome for those. Like I was right. on, uh, when I was on the fans, one of the times I was on there, I actually said, oh, I hate Liverpool. And the host goes, you hate Liverpool? And it says, you're a Norwich fan. Think of how many times Liverpool trashed Norwich. You're going to hate those guys. You're, you're going to hate like, oh, God. You know, it's like, yes, I hate Liverpool. You know, it's like, oh, you're killing me, Ken. I'm like, well, you know, I, I just I, never seen they were. They always seem just a clobber. It says they've beaten yeah. Man U. They've beaten Arsenal. They've beaten Man City. Liverpool, it's like, just forget it. You're going to get demolished. Yeah. No, I, I, and that's the exciting thing about being a, a, a fan of, of a club like Norwich City is um, you stand out. You definitely stand out. But I also feel like I have a stronger connection and, to Norwich um, than I would, you know, my friends that are Arsenal fans or my friends that are right. Chelsea fans here in the United States. Um, it, it's it's a lot simpler. I'm, I won't. I don't like easy and simple are not synonyms or two different words. Um, mm -hmm. But I feel like it's simple to be a fan of them where it's pretty straightforward. I can get them NBC prime time all the time. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, whereas to really be a, a football fan and really dig into what's happening, uh, it's a passion. I enjoy listening to, you know, we mentioned Michael Bailey and then Chris Gorham and all those guys and, mm -hmm. and the channels that are on over there. And, and like I said, the, the community connection to, you know, hearing how involved the club and the community are together and making things right. better. Mm -hmm. And for me, I'm inspired by it on how I can do that here at home in my own community what are things that i can do with my youth soccer in the area or what are things i can do um you know i was at duncan's club they've been talking about a lot with uh, i believe it's alzheimer's and and different aging diseases mm -hmm. i it it's neat mm -hmm. that a sport is connected to it but i think it's also just neat as as people as humanity that uh we may rally around sport to go do those things but it's still inspirational to, to be involved and go do those kind of activities in my community. And right. I wish I could replicate all that where I live all the time. Right. I think a, a lot of it is helped by being kind of isolated. There's no other club really right. close. They are it. They're the big dog. And then the community is sort of off by itself. I think that helps. I'm sure there's other communities in England where they're sort of, no one's really near them. There's nothing else going on there. I'm, I'm Norwich can't be the only club that has that, but because of where they are, nothing's really close. I'd have to look the map. Yeah. And, and honestly, like sometimes when it's like, okay, oh, like yesterday Tottenham played Preston North End, and my son and I are like, I don't know where that is. <laughs> uh, you know, versus here, if you say a name of a city or something, you know where it is. You know yeah. what state it is. You have a clue where it is in the country. When they say, oh, they're playing Preston, I don't know where that is. And I really don't. I have to look it up you know, yeah. on the map to figure out where some places are. Like, where is that? You know, you just don't know because you, I didn't grow up there. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Preston's here in this particular part of the country, and it's close to these areas. I, I, I don't know. I didn't look it up. You know, it's like, well, where is, you know, this, you know, some like, okay, 
Yeah, I know where Sunderland is. I know where the Manchester clubs. I know where the Birmingham clubs are. Yeah, I know the Welsh clubs. You know the the clubs that are in the south. The rest, it's like, I don't know where that is. Oh, that's a small London club. Oh, I didn't know that. You know, whereas you just don't. I don't have a a clue without looking it up to find you know where some clubs are. It's like, like okay, where is this? You just don't. No versus yeah. Yeah, minor league baseball, you know the whatever the hell you know you you, you throw out uh, a name of a minor league team, you pretty much know where that is. Um, the people over there will be like, what? You know, if it's not a, a major city, right. you know, a, a, a minor league, yeah, a minor league team. Let's say like the Asheville Taurus where Crash Davis played. Okay, I know where that is. If you're in England, they're like, where's that? If it's right. not, you know, right, they don't know. Same thing. So it's like uh, some of the smaller areas, like, I don't know where this is. I don't have a clue what clubs are close to there, you know, what part of what's what's there. I just don't know. Well, and, and I think that's the exciting part of uh, following teams outside of your own country. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel it's reciprocated as well because um, when I do interact with, family in the UK, even though, I mean, they get Christmas cards, they know, you know, they know on the map where we live, but really to know more about the people and the culture and the community there. um, I have found a lot of um, many of the English folks that I've interacted with, uh, they know New York City because everybody goes to New York City and they kind of define their experience of the United States off New York City, which you know, from my experience, the United States is probably the exact opposite of 90% of the country. Yeah. Uh, just in every, almost every way. Uh, so it's, it's, uh, I would say it's the same thing with the, the UK. I learned a lot being there in, um, I mean, density wise, it's what the size of Pennsylvania. I mean, you could fit the whole country probably in, mm-hmm. in, in the whole North whole of the, the United States right. is Northeast. And it, it blew their mind that we would drive, you know, six hours from from Kent up to uh, Yorkshire to, to see, like, you don't drive that far. We, you don't go that far kind of thing. Um, yeah, for us, like, oh, we're going to New York. Oh, it's yeah. like, you know, you, like, it'll be four, you know, within four hours or something. Okay. Yeah. You'll, you'll, you'll do that versus, you know, like, well, you're, you're doing that. You're going through so many, you know different things like how far people are willing to drive and what you're going to see change or uh, whatever. Or if you're in Texas, well, I can drive four hours across the middle of Texas and I'm still in Texas. Yeah. Same thing <laughs> in California. I can drive from San Diego. I'm still in California. Yeah. You know? So it, I've found a lot of um, it, it has uh, been an interesting way to connect with people talking mm-hmm. about um, these different countries and kind of their um styles and how we watch sports how we follow them uh i had some really deep conversations with family over there they cannot understand the concept of the nfl it just blows their mind that 32 teams all have an equal shot at winning the super bowl every year and have a salary cap on what can be spent and uh you know, the worst team gets a shot at the, at the very best player available at the start of every season. Like right. all these nuances that just can, you know, what? <laughs> um, well, but on the, also, what yes. also I, I found is some of them are like, wait a second, you're fans of multiple teams and multiple sports. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like we're we're fans of Norwich. Like, yeah, the guy we mentioned, Robin Santi, he's a fan of the the uh, 49ers because like what Joe Montana was there. It's yeah, they don't and like, the college system is different. They have you know university. You know, oh, you go to university. Right. They don't have sports teams. Yeah, that, that that doesn't really exist there. Where the whole like so many of, of like you can look at the paper, what's on TV today? You have a crap load of college basketball games, right? You know, going on the whole where all the local colleges and universities have their own sports teams and they play multiple sports. And you're 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 not just fan of the University of Maryland basketball team. You're fan of all the teams that play for that school because you were an alum that just like blows them away it's like how can you be fans of so many sports and sporting teams and understand you know so so many things just how you grew up so it took me a while to understand the nuances of uh nuances of of, you know soccer slash football some of the stuff like what are you talking about what is that phrase like Right. Like, what the heck's a January transfer window? What is that? What are you transferring? When? What do you mean? Like, well, why can't this player play? Well, Norwich is playing Tottenham. Well, why can't this guy play against Tottenham? Oh, because he's really paid by Tottenham and he's loaned to your club. So right. you can't. It's like, oh, okay. Like you don't have that. You, 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 can, can you imagine? You know, and right. in, uh, in baseball, it's like, yeah. Well, we got this young young infielder we really want to bring up next year. So uh, you know, we're going to loan him to a team that didn't do really well last year. Really needs yeah. an infielder to play. He'll 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 play there. Yeah, and then we'll bring him back. You know, next year that doesn't exist. You know, you're you're not all of a sudden, yeah. you know, gonna, you know, like whatever the Astros aren't gonna call up the Pirates. Hey, we got this guy who we really don't have a space for him right now, but we will next year. Can you just take him and play him every day? Sure, and then just give him back to us. Sure, like that doesn't happen. It's like, oh, we're right. just gonna loan him out. So it's like that that whole process, you know, just doesn't exist. I think it'll be interesting to watch the sport develop here in the United States over the next, you know, several decades uh, here in the United States, because we do have our concept of how professional sports work and how they're Mm -hmm. run. Um, And they have legitimate competition with college athletics. Right. From donor base to really customers. Mm -hmm. Um. Versus, you know, English football with promotion and relegation and all that. Like, how do you have promotion and relegation with the MLS, you know, being the top MLS one, MLS two, um, working in the same fashion as it does in England? Oh, by the way, you're competing for that same player with the University of Maryland or the, you know, Penn State. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, right. you know, college players are getting compensated where they weren't before, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, so it's, it, and I've had these conversations with my family over there. Um, they can't comprehend. So Boise state, since we're talking about universities, 
you know, it's not a Big Ten. It's not an ACC school. It's not a Power Five, right? Yeah. Exactly. Not a Power Five. Bronco Stadium seats 36,000 people. That's mm-hmm. a third more than Carroll Road. Like they, in, in that stadium, not having not been to Carroll Road, but just seeing the two on television, mm-hmm. right? They can't comprehend that a public institution, you know, a state college would have a stadium dedicated to one sport that seats 36,000 people and has two jumbotrons, you know, well, for a college, a, you know, don't, t- don't tell them about the, the, the big house, Nyland stadium, right. Um, stupid Penn state stadium, Ohio state stadium. God, what else is there? The Rose bowl. Well, the Rose bowl is different. Like right. That. Don't tell them about that. You know, where there's a hundred thousand people in this stadium, stuff like that. All right. We're approaching t- two hours yeah, we, and we're not going to yeah. get longer than all right, so let's wrap this up because the people who are listening, thank you for listening for yeah, two sure. hours of us of us BS if you want to. Okay, we'll wrap it up. Who's the most famous person you have met? Uh, I would say it depends on your, your definition of famous. Um, I would say for my um, – I, and I'm not for sure if you're familiar with him, but uh, Bert Rutan, um, he, he, he designed in the, – The plane. Yes, galactic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I got to meet him and and talk with him a little bit and listen to him speak at a dinner um, when he moved. He retired, well, retired um, from California. Um, kind of sale. Uh, I believe he kind of sold skilled composites, um, which builds you know Virgin Galactic and all those those uh-huh. projects and. Um, Really, he's a futurist. As much of a aerospace engineer and designer, I think in retirement, he's still designing something like 15 planes a day. And of those 15, I think he said like uh, three or four of them will actually be produced and, and actually fly his experimental mm-hmm. aircraft. Um, but as a futurist, it was really um, fascinating um, to hear kind of his take of where humanity was kind of going direction wise, what the future would look like or what he feels the future would look like. Uh, so he's just a fascinating person to, uh, to hear from and kind of his take on um, American society as, is a futurist, a business owner um, being involved in, in the aerospace industry, what we've seen that um, industry do. So a fascinating guy. Right. Who, who else is on your list? Well, on the sports side, like I said, I was a Boise State season ticket holder. Um, so Brian Harson, um, head coach, was the head coach of Boise State, kind of blew up in flames there. Auburn, mm-hmm. um, sadly, um, wasn't a good move for him. But um, got to interact with him a little bit. Really neat, um, really neat guy. Um, and several of the Boise State players that are now in the NFL, um, that program is um, – and, and I'm sure it's other programs as well, but the players really interacted very well and still to this day interact very well with the, uh, the fans. Mm-hmm. Um, there's really kind of a blue chip or blue collar mentality there. Uh, chip on your shoulder guys that didn't get to go to, you know, university of Maryland or university of Southern California, or, you know, UCLA. No, no one ever compares like, Oh, you didn't go to Maryland, you know, like, like the, the, like Alabama, Georgia, Oklahoma. Yeah, right. Yeah. 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 But but even still, I mean, those yeah. are still power five. You know, you're Correct. not playing power five football. And um, Maryland had two his brother as the quarterback. He's coming back next year, which is good. So 
that right. will hopefully make continue the the upward trend in the program. So it's it's been fun to um, like Cedric Wilson, for example. I remember getting to meet with him and talk with him a little bit, and then next thing you know, wow, he's a, he's a starting wide receiver with the Dallas Cowboys. Mm -hmm. um, but to see where they were at earlier on um, uh, in their career in college and see where mm -hmm. they've gone on to has been really exciting. But okay. um, yeah, I, I guess I don't really interact with too many, you know, celebrities or, or yeah. I, I have, I have, a, I have a large list, but I think the one that wins is John Kerry. Um, mm. As far as internationally known, mm. um, I would say John Kerry is, is the, the one that I would um, put up on that list. There, there's other people that I've met that are wealthier, other people in the, the sports world, um, a variety of different things, but it was at a Senate hearing and uh, we were waiting for him to come back from being on the floor. And I just happened to be in the bathroom the same time he was. And we had a small discussion while we're washing our hands. Yeah. You know, so J J John Kerry, you know, I've talked to T Boone Pickens for more than just like three seconds or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, the, the, yeah, the natural gas guy who uh, it's a stadium named it from Oklahoma state and a right. variety of people in, in, in the sports world um, that I've, to talk to you know um, on on that line i would say so uh i bit out of date on politics but uh or those types of folks but um dirk kempthorne he was the governor of idaho and then mm -hmm. secretary of the interior there you go. so uh That's, I, there you go spoke with him and and really great leader for the state of idaho i really enjoyed um there you go talking with him um and also uh mike simpson and dennis crapo mm -hmm. um it's interesting meeting those people outside of the yep. political realm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting meeting them outside of the political realm or bumping into them because they're really just normal people. Uh, we're it, we're um, and it, and this is a Norwich podcast, not trying to be political or, or get into the political spectrum in any way. But um, I think it's important personally to remember, you know, we're human, we're people, we we have kids and wives and families and um it, it's interesting and fun when you get a chance to see those people outside of that environment and, and attach a little bit more humanity to them than what sure. we get in the in the media mm -hmm. yeah uh, most people have there's hasn't been a few outside you know there's a variety of people in the sports media um that, that i've met my, my son too um i've talked to svp um numerous times you just you know variety of different things either in the political world or uh, in the sports world having various different opportunities to talk to people at various different things but uh, john Kerry would be the um internationally you know you right. ran for president you were secretary of state you're a senator i think that's the name that most people around the world um uh, would recognize you know there's variety of different photos so that's and the, the Obama handshake was, you know, hi, thanks. You know, it was, it didn't, I met him, but it didn't count. You have to, you have to talk to somebody. Right. You need to talk to a human, you know, for more than just being in a handshake line. You know, right. let, let's say somehow you were invited to an audience with the queen and she went down, you know, or the king and shook your hands. Okay. That's yeah. nice, but it's not, it's not as if, you know, Elizabeth or Charles invited you back and talked to you for half an hour. Or something like that. Exactly. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's 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 a it's a different you know sort of thing, not where you have a actually real conversation with a human. 
And I have a yeah. funny thing of running in the uh, either celebs or sports people in, in bathrooms. Um, I, attended, <laughs> I attended like multiple Orioles fan fest. And you just go into the bathroom to pee, wash your hands. And it's like, oh, here's an Oriole player in here at the same time, you know. And yeah, inevitably, hey, how you doing? Did you have a, you know, did you enjoy the event here? You know, uh, your kids, right. you know, just those, yeah. Another thing, one time, Ryan Flaherty, who was in there, who's now like the bench coach for the Padres, he was like a super utility guy for the Orioles. And he happened to be, I walked in and had me in the bathroom with them. I'm like, oh, I have something to talk to them about. So as we were like leaving the Oriole game one time, we go through like the main entrance where the elevators are. And that's where all the, the, the family and friends of the, the player comes in. They have their lanyard that will say, you know, like, you know, a locker room pass. You know, if, uh, you know. And so I noticed like, God, what are all these damn Red Sox fans doing, you know, <laughs> coming through here? And they all had Flaherty name. I says, oh, God. So, yeah, it's like, you know, one time we were leaving the game and, a whole bunch of your family and friends came in, you know, with lanyards with a name on wearing Red Sox stuff. And he like rolls his eyes. Oh God, I told him to stop doing that. Uh, <laughs> he was, he was like yeah. moderately embarrassed that they all showed up because yeah. So I'm like, who are all these Red Sox? And it wasn't even, I don't think the Red Sox even play the Orioles that day. It was just kind of funny that he, he, he got a kick out of me noticing that and that it was a potentially something that he had, was had bothered him for a while yeah uh ed begley jr i ran into one time at a bathroom at a uh, it was a work-related event because he was very much in um electric vehicles and stuff and mm. chatted with him and, and told him i remembered um attending a movie in baltimore when he was filming accidental tourist and he remembered the exact situation what movie he was going to and why they were going to the movie and who he was with I just yeah. oh, I was I was with a date and I remember seeing you and you know and thought that was kind of cool, you know, yeah. And I, and I you know, didn't you know walk up to anybody. Oh look, it's that Begley Junior. He's you know it was one of those you learned afterwards. Oh, that's what he was doing. So <laughs> I saw this weird thing of yeah. running into people in, in 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 men's rooms just because everyone has to pee and wash their hands. There you go. So that, I mean, you just got to get to Carroll Road and and you'll just run into to. You know, Mark and Mike and hey, yeah, why are you getting a podcast? <laughs> yeah. No. All right, let, let's wrap this up here. So yeah, thanks. Thanks, JB. It's 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 been a pleasure. For those of you who are listening, sorry it's it's two hours. We have a lot to talk about, uh, a lot of good good discussion. Thank you so much um for listening. Um if you oh. want to be on the podcast in the future, um let us know. We're available on the social medias and we'll try to get you know as many people as possible. Hopefully we'll do these on a more regular basis because i said early on um there was you know some issues with the other people involved and i don't like to host us um by myself um you know i can but it's the idea is to have the other guys on and have you know some uh, banter back and forth and learn from the people you know who are on the, learn from the fans you know like what's the deal with the questions that we have you know, and try to learn things and hopefully those of you who have are listening have learned something and we'll have something to share. So thank you so much for listening and thank you, JB. Thank you.